Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I'm here today with Kevin Jeffers. And Kevin, welcome to High Road to Humanity. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm having an interesting morning. <laughs> well, cool. You guys, he's written this really cool book. It's about consciousness. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about soul retrieval. We're going to talk about dragons. I'm going to ask him about angels, see what he knows. But he says the title of this book refers to a singular moving experience that he had, which he now calls the pattern. And he says the pattern was for me an effort by spirit to describe inevitable state of being, I'm going to say ephemeral yet impactful. Okay. So this is what he says. Now we're going to check out his book today, but let me read you Kevin's bio. Kevin is an author, and he's been helping people retrieve their lost or incomplete souls through the process of passing over for many years. His new book, The Pattern and Exploration of Consciousness, points to a pathway for people to experience more self-awareness and manifestation. Boy, this is um, coming here at a time that we really need it. I want to hear your story. I want to know what happened when spirit showed you the pattern. Well, I was sitting in my meditation chair yes, about two o'clock in the morning and meditating. I do this every day. And I went into a very deep, relaxed state. I connected with spirit. So for me, this is all steps and process that you need to go through in order to communicate. Right. So I did what I did, and then when I was ready to wrap my experience up, I was kind of thrown back in my chair by this incredible visual. And the visual was that of a blue-white grid that underlay our reality. Okay. And within that grid, or grid is the full expression of consciousness that we will ever hope to achieve. It's like a radiance. Um, and we pick this up according to what we want to know, what we can know, and what, what we're comfortable with knowing. It starts slow, starts at the beginning of our cycle of consciousness for a long, long time ago, and then just progresses as we achieve different states or different levels of awareness okay and i'm not talking about the physical body the physical body is what we agreed to come here to deal with i'm talking about the spiritual body we are progressing all of us are progressing towards transformation mm -hmm. and eventually completion and leaving the need to be in the physical world behind right so when you start, when you saw the pattern, is this when you started, I, I guess I kind of want to put the pieces together here. When did you realize that you were missing parts of your soul? You know, I've heard about soul retrieval. I'm from New Mexico. Well, originally from Michigan, but spent a long time in New Mexico. People talk about soul retrievals and stuff and it's all like ooey gooey. But then I read your book and you take <laughs> off and you're like, you go to Greece and you start to see your past lives. I, I want to understand this and talk talk to the audience about this because I want to get this. Well, this is the way I was born. Okay. Probably a descriptor that would keep everyone happy would be a natural sensitive. Okay. And I, I experienced energy patterns and flow since in my remembrance about five years old. Oh, wow. And then it was like stacking every new experience stacked on top of the previous experience. And I 
I started to gain some kind of coherency about what I was going through. Okay. And in the book, um, this first occurred, this was, this was triggered through past life regression. Right. And 50 years ago, past life regression was not talked about, yeah. was yeah. not published as now it's common. Everybody understands what the, what is happening or think they know what's happening back then it was weird right. and it wasn't generally acceptable because hypnosis was a very formalized process of licensed people who viewed hypnosis as the some is the cure-all methodology for people ailing from various mental issues okay so in that experience I mentioned it was 18, maybe it was 17. Yeah. I went to a local hypnotist who claims he could do past life regression. And I laid down on the couch. Because, you know, all the cartoons show people laying down on couches when they go to a therapist. Right. So I lay down on the couch and I'm ready for anything to happen. At that age, you're ready. Yeah. Whatever mm -hmm. happens, happens. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Whether you are or not is another matter. So I just relaxed and he suggested that I start counting backwards from 100. And then my awareness of that room diminished. And by the time I got to 90, I think it was, I was out. Wow. And then he deepened the suggestion that I could do this again and again and everything would be okay. Wake up, feel refreshed. And what I experienced that time was a past life. Okay. And I'll share that. The past life was that of a Viking. Okay. A very young Viking. Uh, probably I, I looked around. I saw my father who was the captain of the ship. So I assume I was a part of the ship's crew. Mm -hmm. And then I had been trained to do all the things the Vikings do, which I probably won't mention most of them right now. And I was up on the post as a, I was up on, the mast as a lookout. And as these two ships came together, I saw this object flying through the air and I looked down and it's a spear that went through my heart. Oh my gosh. So needless to say, I was quite dead at that point. Yeah, that's crazy. And that kind of wrapped up the first adventure, which I wasn't sure I wanted to do a second one, but that resolved itself. Um, so out of curiosity, I looked down at my chest and, and I had some kind of mark there exactly where the spear went in. And it's weird. In I, this life, in this, this life. life. I'd never noticed it before. Okay. But now I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. So I went to the hospital and I said to the doctor, I've got this little thingy. Is it a tumor? Is it, you know, what is it? So they did a, a male version of a mammogram and he looked at it and he said, you actually have a fibrous growth on that exact spot that is not cancerous, nor will it ever be cancerous. That's the way you were made. So, so you brought that scar with you from that life lifetime. after life after life after life. Yeah. So clearly something was not resolved in that experience. But it was interesting to have the doctor affirm that this thing was just something I was born with. Okay, I'm going to stop you. So because it was still there, that's what gave you the indication that it hadn't been resolved. In conjunction with the past life experience, the hypnosis. Okay. I just the hypnosis to... opened the door, and but then it was up to me to walk through it. Gotcha. Okay. So then what? Then you're like, what's going on here? Well, you're then I curious. thought it was like totally cool because... The, the combination of the experience of the past life regression, the lifting out of the body, going through the roof of the house and into that life showed me that these things that I've been inquiring about internally are possibilities. So I went back to the hypnotist. By then I wasn't too nervous. And I learned how to adjust my energy, looking at energy in the body as a color pattern to achieve that state of relaxation and openness to different forms of consciousness. 
yourself? To start with, it evolved into healing, but that's another story. Right. Okay. Were you nervous to do this without somebody being there? The first time, yes. I bet. And then so, well, I, had, I had an interesting thing. My mother, who was also into this stuff, would kind of showed me different writings of Blavatsky and Steiner and all those famous early guys. Mm -hmm. Became my, I guess you would call moderator. Okay. So I, I had not yet learned to anchor myself in the experience. It was more of a free float. And she would monitor, she'd be my monitor by making suggestions. I go into that state, review the energy configuration of my body, make any changes that are needed for my better health, mm -hmm. and then move out into whatever space was the next thing to do. So this is how you heal people. You look into their energetics of their body. You see what's up, just like a scan would do. You yeah, scan you it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you've helped a lot of people. I don't talk about it. Okay. I want to rewind a little bit. You mentioned color. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's always stuck with me. I had Patty Conklin on one of my first shows, maybe five, six years ago. God. And she talks about how she healed herself with color. And it really stuck with me. And so I bring in the color. Like, I don't just bring in the light. I bring in all the color every day. And I do it because I think, this is me, that it heals. Each color heals something different. What do you think? I think that you're onto something there. But I just do it intuitively and I knew somebody healed themselves. So I thought, well, what the heck, you know, can't hurt. I can see the colors in myself and other people better when I'm in this meditative state. Got it. But when I heal, it's, it's actually very simple. I call upon my guide, my mm -hmm. spiritual mentors and ask mm -hmm. them for their help in the healing of somebody. Okay. And I find that I heal with a combination of ear and hands. The energy flows in and then it goes out directed through the hands. I found out over time, you don't have to do the hands thing. Yeah. It goes out in a directed manner to the location it needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And many times I didn't know what needed to be healed. You know, people don't want to tell me, I said, okay, I want a healing. Something's wrong. You go take a look. Tell me what's, Tell me what the deal is. Mm -hmm. And I actually like that approach because I have no preconceptions. Right. I just know from a distance, this is distance healing, whether they're a man or a woman and what the position of their bodies are and kind of what they want to accomplish. Some you... people went into these sessions, they didn't know what they wanted. Mm. But inevitably, just being human beings and having lived here for a while, we pick up all kinds of energetic garbage. Yeah. And people don't realize that when, they, when they're activating a negative emotion, they're creating what I call a, a data pack or a thought form that is like a burr that sticks on their energetic field. Right. How do you and, get that off? <laughs> well, if you don't know how to do it yourself, find a, find some, find a healer. So you do it. So if somebody wants to be healed on the audience today and they're watching and they're like, I have this or that, they can contact you and set up an appointment and you'll you'll heal them. Is that correct? Incorrect. Okay, talk to me. I don't practice anymore. How public. Come? Why? Is draining. Oh yeah, I would imagine. Because yeah. when you're looking into a person, you have accumulated life experiences, you have all of their weird psychic tendencies. You have mental issues, you have health, health issues. Mm -hmm. And underlying that is a disbelief that anyone's going to do anything for them. Which is probably foundational to the illness in the first place. Right, exactly. Right. So okay. I worked with people for a, a number of years when I was actually out actively healing. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I would address would be energetic distortions and the flow of the energy through their body which I found to be very, very important. It sets the stage for the healing. Mm -hmm. 
you're pretty interesting. You helped a lot of people, but you realize like Edgar Casey. I think of Edgar Casey when you talk, you know, and even when I do a reading, I'll tell you, it, it does drain me. Not terribly, but it does drain me. Um, but that's why, you know, he didn't even realize he was doing all this work, but it was killing him. Yes. Energetically. And I will say, I'll just talk to you about this because we're having a conversation today, but certain people that come on my show, even though we're in Zoom, you know, if their energy, I'm an empath, if their energy is really strong, it'll screw me up for the whole day unless I really, really protect myself before I come on the screen, you know, and people don't realize that, that the energy comes through the screen. It absolutely does. Well, it's not the screen so much is, is that you are a representative energy form. You're active and live at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. So people can reach you easily because you send out kind of like a beacon mm -hmm. and they can reach you. So yes, in, in what you're doing, you have 300 and some shows is just amazing. Thank you. you. Must shield yourself. Yeah, I do. Before you, before you even start the day, a podcast. Well, yeah, that's the perfect thing to do. That's what I do. Reinforce that shielding and only let in what you want in and only send out what you want sent out. Right. Well, I've been bringing in, not, I don't want to make this about me because I want to hear about you, but I've been bringing in the uh, white fire lately. And that's something that's really helped me. And, you know, I bring in, I bring out the, I pull out my blue flame sword of truth too. And I shield myself with that. And, you know, Archangel Michael is always around. So I bring in the angels a lot. Um, would you find out about the angels? Let's talk about it since I'm talking about it real quick. Here. I mostly don't like them. Why? I know you said that. I'm angelic. It really hurts my feelings. Don't do that. Okay. Well, you'll get past it from the other people. <laughs> Why don't you like us? What's what's up? There's good ones and there's bad ones, right? Because I've met the good ones and the bad ones. All right, talk to me. They're not all bums. Right. When you get to the higher, higher level, what they're representative, what I call houses or their organized totality of their consciousness, when you reach that point. They're real charmers. Yes. And sincere. And yes. Honest. Yes. But the lower level angel, this is kind of like learning the angel business. Yeah. They have their own agenda. And they want to become like dad or grandpa. Oh. So they have to collect energy. They're brutal. They steal energy. Steal energy. Yes. You know, and I've had that too. And I'll bring that up because you did. I've, I've learned unfortunately the hard way that i have to really watch that because there's a lot of energy vampires and they think it's okay i just want to say this because it pisses me off excuse my language that people will steal your energy i've had lower 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 level entities suck the energy they do and i've dealt with this i call them parasites okay yes but they're, they're not yet fully conscious so they don't realize it's what a, they're doing it's a primal energetic form that taps into people to energize themselves and it's just not like they walk they float around and tap into everybody and anybody at any time there has to be a fundamental compatibility between you and the attachment and all kinds of attachments there there are attachments of the moment there are what i call legacy attachments because they go down from family member to family member to family member and some you pick up in a previous life and you you just don't know how to shake them loose. Mm -hmm. Those you have to be very careful about because the ones that go through your hereditary line, through your through your blood, your genes, your code, know how to do this. Yeah, they know how to suck your energy. And the sucking is interesting because it's not sucking. It's not like one of those weird movies where the monster opens its mouth and starts sucking stuff out. Wait, I'm going to stop you. Yes, it is. Because I had a guy one time call me up and he, I could hear him go like that. Okay. So he's sucking my energy, dude. Well, that's a, that's a visual dramatization. I hate to tell you. <laughs> All right. Tell me. I'm ready. I'm ready to listen, Kevin. You have to step into the, the concept that all of life is energetic. Yes. All life. Yes. Animate, inanimate, man, animal, 
reptile, whatever. This, these are all conscious entities. They're just perceiving in a, in plants. Don't forget them. They're just perceiving in a manner that we're we cannot communicate with. So step into that. That life is consciousness. Life is driven by energy. Right. And there's it doesn't mean anything if they're humans or animals or whatever. Energy is energy is energy. Right. And this galaxy is constantly spitting out different forms of energy on a physical level and an energetic level. So that what I call the parasites come in to have a little visit and see if you're compatible with, you know, lunch, then the, the, it's at that point where if they have a satisfying experience, they attach themselves to you and they join in with your nervous system. It's in that book, by the way. I was really reluctant to talk about it, but the person I healed said, okay, don't worry about it. Cool. And he was a heredit, he had hereditary energetic parasites or energetic attachments. So that was much more difficult because the attachment with each new birth knew exactly where to go. Plus it already establishes compatibility with the energy field. So all life is energy in a progression of consciousness. And we as humans, primates, are really not particularly conscious. Right. Well, we're starting to be. Yes. There's hope. Yes. I feel like there's I mean, hope too. There are anomalies to what I'm saying. There are people that are extraordinary healers and saints and right. so on and so on. Absolute fact. Right. But eventually they move on. Yeah. They don't come they, back here. Yeah. They don't have to come back here. Why, why would you want to come back here? I don't. <laughs> this is the land of this is the land of survival of the fittest. I believe we're here and I just want to hear your feel. I, I feel that we're here to experience. We're here to learn. And then once, like you say, we get to a certain point, then we don't need to come back. Yeah. And that, yeah. that leads me into the next comment I'm getting right now. Even the good die young. Yeah. So at any moment, at any time, you can transition into the other aspect of your consciousness. And it's all a part of what you agreed to before you came here. Right. Think of the agreement this way. You're over on the other side. You're you're in the reception area. You're, you're ready to come into Earth, but you have to make an energetic adjustment you need to deplete or delete from your system any notion other than there is time and there is space because time space is what trips us up right because there is no time there is no time and it's all there is no literally no space but right. we can find our consciousness within the frame of time space if you look back to Indian Indian gurus who do meditations or go into Tibet, you'll find that at every waking moment of their life, they're conscious of who they are. And I think I'll just tell you what I believe. Like I've, it's taken me years to figure to to learn to figure it out. But I think that's what we're all here. We have the opportunity to grow and to learn and to wake up so that we can connect when we go back. That's what I really think. Don't you? And we all do it by choice. Right. It's And we all do it at our own pace. We have this immense totality of who we are yeah. with incredible capabilities. Yes. And we agree to forget who we are and come to this place where we don't know who we are. And the game is learn how to deal with time and space. And it is, it's a trip. I want to talk you, about You came in here, you, you, you agreed. I know. Away your higher, your, your more expanded consciousness. I know. So you could come to this weird place. I know. It's unlike most other places and experience pain yeah violence death mm -hmm. why because when you came here that's what you wanted 
well, gee, what's it like to get murdered or what's it like to get sliced up or what's it like to get blown up in war? Because at that level of consciousness, it's all, it, it's all curiosity. Yeah. And well, yeah, no, I will say though, I, I, I don't want to interrupt your train of thought, but I will say that I'm a completely different person than I was, you know, years ago and I grow and I learn more and more of course, by speaking to people like you and by reading your books and, you know, learning about your experiences too. But, you know, it's, it's the more we learn and then we start to realize that we're energetic souls. And then there's like a need for me anyway, to learn even more and more and more because that's where you become, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's, there's a cream on the pie and it's called Step through every level of karma and complete these incomplete lives. So use your lifetime in its full capacity. You make incredible progress. It's great. I want to talk about, you talk in the book about the City of Lights Healing Center, and you also talk about the City of Black Lights, um, where you energetic repair people. You even talk about going over to... Um, the war right now in um, Ukraine and helping. And I wondered if you would mind addressing a little bit of this. Which one? Well, let's start out with Ukraine and some of the experiences you had and how you helped people. That lady who I think what really caught me in the book was that one of the ladies, uh, she was blown up and she, her, her, she was in pieces and you, helped kind of energetically put her back together so that she could move forward so she could get to the city of lights healing center. Well, I would like to just change a little bit of that understanding. Okay. When I first went there, people were not dying like flies. Okay. Now they are tens of thousands of people are dying. At the beginning of this, there was just the occasional bomb thrown at Kiev and different locations around there. And not a lot of people are dying. Remember back to the beginning of the Ukrainian war, just it's kind of like stuttered, stopped and stuttered and moved on and stopped and stuttered. Because mm -hmm. politically, certain elements in the Russian government thought this would be a cakewalk. Right. Because everybody knew that Ukraine was weak. They didn't have defensive weapons. So it started slow. An occasional bomb, blow something up, kill somebody. Okay, point made. And this is when I first entered into it. I didn't even consider or think about entering into Ukraine because it just wasn't real for me. Okay. But you get the call, you get the call. I mean, you're not going to sit there and squabble about the call or they may not call you again. It's kind of like, it's a trade-off. You have to put up or shut up. Mm -hmm. So I was called to the Ukraine and I went there and I walked around the streets and my God, I just saw a lot of dead people. There are souls walking around. And I couldn't figure that out because that's not usual. Usually when you see souls so close to the earth, it's because they have a physical attachment right. to something or some obsession or a family member. They're there for a reason because they're intermeshed with human consciousness to the, to the degree where they cannot release themselves. So let's go back to Ukraine. So I was walking around it and I said, okay, I'm here. What do I do? And my guide pointed to a pile of rubble. And he said, they don't literally talk. They just send information, data, information, data. We can all talk that way. He said, there's a retrieval there. There's a, there's a, somebody who needs to get out. And he wouldn't tell me it was a boy or girl, man or woman or grandpa or grandma. just, and I didn't particularly care. Energy is energy. Right. Consciousness, consciousness. Suffering is suffering. Mm -hmm. So I walked to this pile of rubble and I saw it's kind of like little particles of light floating around. It's like a swarm of flies, not to demean that person. Right, right. I'm just trying to paint the picture. A swarm of energy moving around and moving around. No form, no direction, no content, just energy. And it, it dawned on me, she'd been blown up. Yeah. Is this possible if you get hit with one of those missiles that you can literally, you're gone. 
you've just been blown up. Your energy configuration is blown up. Well, the good news is on the other side, you're, you know what's what. But here, you get blown up. And this woman, older, who lived in an apartment, got blown up. And I was thinking, how do I deal with this? Yeah. Because there's nothing to hold on to. There's nothing other than this swarm of energy particles that used to be who she is. And then I had this remembrance mm -hmm. of in the city of black lights, which is where energy is created and used in my experience. Um, it's a state of no time. So I was thinking, well, okay, maybe there's a possibility here that I turn the clock back a day and not, not my physical self, but my energetic self. And that's I went, crazy that you can do that. Let me just say that. Yeah. It's, it's fairly, just, yeah, you can do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Actually you'll find this, this um, method in the Monroe material. Bob on, how, on how to do it. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. No, not how to do it. Nobody knows how to do it unless you do it. But it is possible. Moving in and out, back and forth through time. But it's your consciousness that's transitioning forwards and backwards. That you're not in your physical body. Or it could be, but I don't claim to be at that point in my spiritual elevation that I can do both you can do it okay and there are people that have done it there was padre pio in italy who could be at more than one place in a physical body or what represented a physical body okay so long story short i went back a day and i went to that place and there was the woman just chatting with the neighbors buying some vegetables taking care of her kid of the grandkids normal life and I stepped into her energy, like I would do a healing that we talked about previously. Right. And I tagged her. I made a connection to her. I call it tagging. It's when you take a piece out of them and you put a piece of you in and they, they come together. You're forever tagged to people. You're forever aware of their consciousness. Interesting. When Interesting. Yeah. That's not always a cool thing, but right. I was thinking that. <laughs> Go ahead. No, the, the work is the work. What is spirit right. care? Spirit, spirit care. So I tagged her. And I said, now this is all theory to me. It's not theory to other people, but it's a theory to me. I said, okay, I went back a day energetically, tagged her, and now I go to the present moment which I'm still in the energetic body in Ukraine. Right. This is all happening here. Mm -hmm. So I come back, little, little energy particles are still floating around. But then, because I had tagged her, I could reach in and touch her. And that's what brought her form? That's the retrieval. That's what brought her all out of that rubble her soul out, her energetic field out, all the things that were her that right. in the earth plane were destroyed. Right. And then I took her to what I call the city of lights. You mentioned that. Yeah. Talk about this. That's like a, that's like an energy center, a school center. That's where humans go when they're not encumbered by the earth. That's where they go to learn. You have to learn someplace. I mean, school doesn't stop when you stop going to school. There's more school, yeah. Yeah, but at yeah. least on that, on that level, it's a joy to go to school. You know, I I want to know your feel on this. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I, I got a couple more things I want to talk to you about and we've been on for a little bit, but I want to understand, um, oh my gosh, that just went out of my head. I guess I wasn't supposed to understand that. It'll come back when it's time. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, let's talk about Gaia. You met Gaia. August 28, 2021, I, in the morning, I journaled to God and I journaled to Gaia because, you know, I feel like Gaia is like a real person. And you talk about Gaia as a real entity, a real person, a real energy. Talk about her. I want to know. 
Well, I've heard so much about Mother Earth, and I always thought it was some kind of story, Mother Earth. But there, I did have an energy, energetic connection to the Earth. So I said, right. okay, today is a good day to go find Gaia. Yeah. So I followed the energy downward from my, if you want to say, feet, which are stabilized within the land you land you walk or the place you are i follow that to its source and the source is gaia gaia is the ultimate ultimate mother she's constantly engaged in creation of consciousness just amazing well i learned that later so when i first went to the place it was like going into one of those dungeons and dragons or dragons and dungeons you go down there's a dungeon a flickering light and i said oh come on kevin modify yourself this is silly it didn't stop so i was walking and walking and then i was heading towards a brighter light down in the earth could have been anywhere but for me it was down in the earth that that fit my picture of what i was experiencing mm -hmm. and i walked around a corner and there are a whole bunch of people countless people on their knees bowing to gaia what she look like well, that was weird okay. because she looks like almost like a Grecian God with the draped robe and, but her head was spinning because she was seeing all things in that moment. Interesting. And then one of her guards or guides or someone that took care of her really got pissed off at me, excuse me, got mad at me and tried to push me out. And I said, look at dude, I came here. I'm not leaving. All I want to do is approach Gaia, pay my respects for everything that her energy has given me in this life and other lives. Right. And I bowed. This is a God. Yeah. And you don't annoy gods. Bad news. So anyhow, here's 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 a a representative, and I keep saying that representative representative of the creative energy that takes the form of a woman who is all knowing in all things. You're not a, not a not a god replacement, just one of the supplemental elements of Earth. Guy has been worshipped on Earth for tens of thousands of years in different forms, in different locations, in different cultures. And I swear, oh, my imagination, just for a second, I caught her attention. And the first thing I thought was, uh-oh, nah, this, this cannot be a good thing. So I bowed and left. And by then, the, the guardian was kind of smiling at me. He said, she looked at you. And I still have no idea what that means. So I left that location and then went back to where I was going, but that was the Gaia experience. It's crazy. And it's summary, not its totality. Well, and you know, I didn't, I had somebody else on the show recently and I don't know why I never thought about this. I always thought mother nature and Gaia were the same entity and they're not. Well, they're just names. Well, I mean, but they're still Gaia. Okay. This is what I think. I don't know. I don't know everything, but this is what I feel. I feel like Gaia handles the earth, but Mother Nature handles the animals and the plants and all of that. Is Gaia, that hand, Gaia handles consciousness. Gaia. So there's only one entity, not a Mother it's Nature. A symbolic entity. With one You're not going to pack Gaia into one little body. What I was being shown was, was a representation of the creative energy of our galaxy. A creative energy that was just way beyond any understanding by me. Right. That guided consciousness through the experience of Earth. And I, I think there are different levels of what you call Mother Earth. Yeah. But it's not Mother Earth walking around embracing everything. Right. It's a consciousness. It's it's one of the shapes and forms that Gaia uses to... to guide humanity to where we where we're going right interesting very interesting stuff 
All right. I want to talk about, oh, this is what I was going to ask you. Different levels in heaven before I was going to ask you. I feel like, and I've read, and I don't know, I guess came up with this concept that, you know, when we pass, you know, we all, there's different levels because we still, you know, have to learn. And so maybe, you know, I'm here and my sister's here and maybe we get to visit, but we're not on the same level. Is that right? Pretty much. Okay. My descriptors on that is you call them levels. Well, I I call them frequencies. Oh, okay. I can deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a book on energy, so I do understand the energetics of all of this, but I'm learning so much from you today. So thank you for coming on the show. And thanks for writing this book, by the way. It's pretty cool. A lot of good information in here, you guys. It's been been a long time in the making. Yeah. I I wanted to ask you, and I asked you before the show, and then you started to tell me, and I'm like, no, no, don't tell me now. I really am into the dragons, and it's interesting. Years ago, don't laugh. He laughs at me. You know, years ago, I used to collect dragons, and then I got married to this weirdo. I was like, why do you have dragons? And I got rid of them. do that so now I'm back and I'm like okay I'm craving my dragons again and you know there's a dragon energy that is here and I know that there are four guardians of the consciousness um, and I want you to talk about them because I just like to know more about the dragons who protect the earth well the 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 dragons as I call them which is an, an incredibly evolved intelligence that have been with us from the beginning are the channels of consciousness that come into us in different forms. You have water, you've got earth, you've got wind. Each one of those are characteristics of consciousness that we need to embrace to move on. And when the dragons are quiet, we have problems. But the dragons are extracted from Chinese mythology. Dragons have always been a critical part of Chinese philosophy and mythology because they represent wisdom mm-hmm. and strength. But they're a little bit more than that. But that's a good descriptor. So the dragons are there to help gently push man towards higher levels of consciousness because that's what they do. And they fought, they push all forms of consciousness forward into the paths they need to take. So the dragons are aligned, in my experience, to the pattern. Because the pattern is a learning tool. Mm-hmm. I, I say it was created by the originators. That's my thought on the matter. And it's there for one simple reason, to show us a way to higher consciousness. Why were dragons, you know, slain years ago? What was the big, or is that just a myth? Where were they slain? Well, that's what I'm asking you. You know, we hear about these different things, you know, we go back and, you know, they say, oh, you know. Once again, I think there's just symbolic archetypes that were created in stories. Okay. dragon was something that looked like a dragon and acted like a dragon. Some person that was bad. Okay. Rarely you ever see dragons being good. Do you see them as being protectors of the earth? Totally. Okay. Because they're they have helped the creation of consciousness. They have a vested interest in in consciousness. Can we visually? Has anybody visually seen them, or can we visually see them, or is there the any? Closest was the Chinese uh, scrolls from about the 15th, 16th century that represented dragons. Okay. But they're very different than what you see today. The dragon was benign at that time. And it's evolved into fangs and sharp claws and horns on its head and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't like that. No, it's like Satan. Everyone thinks Satan is a is a, is a bad guy. Uh-uh. Satan was created, was created originally. The concept of Satan was created within Jewish theology that the Christians picked up and expanded it because they needed a bad guy to point the finger at. Mm-hmm. This is the source of your trouble. This is the source of everything that's going on. And to me, it's just nonsense. 
what do you see now that so many people are waking up, you know, and they are, by the way, and that's why I do the show. That's why you write books, you know, we all are doing our best to kind of get the information out there. What do you feel in the next couple of years is going to happen here? It's not going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Just to yeah. go to the next thing, you need to go through what I call the fire. Do you want to expand upon that a little bit? Or what do you mean? Yeah, I'm trying to think of it, to frame it in a way that makes it what it is and not this terrible thing. But the introduction of the new consciousness, which has been created, moving into the earth, is going to be very traumatic. So think about it. You have the version of you and a new version of you coming together. What happens? Well, a lot of people won't be ready for it. And then what happens? Clash. Worse than that, death. So what are you saying? If people don't wake up and they're not at that point and it gets ready to happen, then they just won't be able to handle it energetically. It's going to be an shift in, in the energetic frequency of the earth when the new consciousness comes into play because right. that's what we agreed to. Mm-hmm. before we came before you came you knew you were playing some part in that process and it could be a small part a big part whatever part it is it's be, it's who you are that you designed you created you watched over to come into the earth and do something mm-hmm. Again, an example your show here is a perfect example of of an energetic commitment to new to higher levels of consciousness to new consciousness yes that's true you've committed your life to it absolutely there's a lot of work involved in what you do yes so i would say don't worry about it because if you get whacked over the head you're not going to know it anyhow so just put it aside don't worry about it he's like just keep going man just keep going yes what do you think? Time, I know time, time. What do you think? Next couple of years? What do you think? And 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 are we going to see it? Like, are we going to see it be as beautiful as I want to see it to be? Do you think we will? I don't want to sound particularly woo-woo, but I can't tell you. Okay. What if you model your life on what I said? Yeah, no, I won't. And you'll defeat the purpose of who you are, why you came here, no, no, what no. you're supposed to do. I know, I know. God only well, lets yeah, me know. You're going to die in... One year and 30 days and 10 seconds. So you model your entire life in anticipation of that event. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just asking, I'm just asking, you know, humanity. I would like to see, I guess I'm not asking about me personally. What I'm asking is when will we see heaven on earth? Do you think it'll be 2025? What do you think? I give it about a thousand years. Oh, okay. It's going to be a while. Is very disruptive, as I mentioned. Okay. People aren't going to do it particularly well with the change over to the new consciousness for the they're, reasons I mentioned. They're not going to do particularly well. Okay. Some, Some uh, will. Okay. Many, many. So what's the point of talking about it? Yeah. Well, I think the point is people need to, I'll tell you what the point is, to wake people up. To let people know that there's, yeah, that it's really important. This is what I think. I don't know. I sound like I'm preaching now, don't I, Kevin? But what I feel like is so important that I tell people, you know, connect with the divine, connect with the earth, you know, go inside, work on yourself, really make an effort, be kind. All these different things that we do, just going out in the world every day, makes such a big difference. The energy it takes very little energy to go out into the world and be kind and smile and There's be no compassionate energy. and be compassionate. Right. So that's, it's, I guess. It's effortless. Take my word for it. It's effortless. Right. So that's my deal. I would, if I can help people realize that all this craziness goes on, like you talk about Ukraine and, you know, you went and you helped and you did what you could and we watch all this stuff go on but i think what i've learned and and if you want to address it real quick before we get out of here i've learned to just kind of stay connected with the divine and watch it and be an uh, an observer 
because you can't put yourself in it. Otherwise your energy is screwed up, I guess. I don't know what the right word is. Let me talk about what you're saying in, in a slightly different view. Okay. The expansion of consciousness is just, it's not this nuclear blow up of who you are and what you become or the earth. It's a step-by-step awareness of the things that compromise higher consciousness. Meditation, prayer, taking care of your body, giving a, giving a kind word to that stranger in the elevator who might mug you or not. I don't know. Kevin, I'm so glad you came on the show. The book is called The Pattern. It's by Kevin Jeffers. What's next, Kevin? What are you doing? What's going on? If people want to follow you, what's happening? Well, I'm in the process of writing a book tentatively titled Soul Retrieval. And in that book, I'm going to take years of experience. What we talked about is a very small, condensed portion of what I do and have done. Talk about Different examples of retrieval, death by violence, death by family, a lot of that going on, Yeah. Um, death by aging, Alzheimer's, physical disease. All of those are incredibly disruptive to the progression of our soul into the light. Unless you're firmly entrenched in the light and thinking about it, not just, I'll think about it on Sunday or when my buddies get together, mm-hmm. that is everything. So not to get into a whole thing, but this is going to be really interesting because you're saying if you have like dementia, for example, and you're not connected, that it could really disrupt your your next journey to the next place is what you're saying. Well, think of it this way. <clears throat> Say yourself, and I'm not hinting, have dementia. Right. I mean, there's a high scale probability, but I don't think you're going to go that way for this life that you're living. But you die, a person, not even you, that was probably not a good example. Anybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't want to point a finger or make a suggestion. Um, you have Alzheimer's. You eventually forget who you are. Right. So then you die. And the and the soul lifts out from the body. There's really not much choice in that matter. Where, how do you know who you are? People don't ask that. When you die, how do you know who you are? How do you know you're going to go to heaven? So when you die, when you're in a state of dementia, as an example, you don't know who you are. Now I'm going to step in and say, isn't that why we have spirit guides and guardian angels to help guide us? Yeah. If if you have a group like family members, loved ones, they can pull you through. Right. But now the, the next question is, what if you don't? You always have a guardian angel though. What if your soul makes a decision that you need to experience this process of not knowing? I don't know what happens, Kevin. You're lost. You're a lost soul. You're definitely lost for a while. Until eventually, just through the experience of being, of being, you remember who you are. It doesn't last forever. The story you're saying now for hundreds of years is, I don't know, I thought it was pretty silly. Who wants to hang out here for a couple hundred years unless you're getting something out of it? And then you're probably not even particularly a higher form of consciousness. So say this person dies, they have no memory of who they are. They've got no connections to family and they cannot release. And that's a critical word in soul retrieval, releasing. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to release. No one's going to tell you to release. No one's going to make you release. Right. That's just part of the big puzzle of who you are. Got to do it yourself. Well, that's part. Yeah, this is where I really, you know, everybody I talk to, it's, you know, to thyself be true. You got to go in and work on yourself. That's what I've learned from talking to so many different people that everybody's got the opportunity to work on themselves. And that's how we get to a higher state of consciousness. Uh, The pattern now has a Facebook page. Really? Yes. Awesome. 
And if you go to that page, there are posts of things that I've written about. Cool. But they tend to be long stories that have been kind of chopped down to small stories. It's a well-known fact that people's attention spans are fairly limited. Short, yes. Short, yes. So a constant flow of posts and then people inputting it. It's amazing the people that have responded and say, I saw the pattern. And they're like, young? So why did I have to see the pattern so late? And then I had a lady from the South who is a Baptist minister. Yeah. And she said, Kevin, I read your book and I saw the pattern and it's just totally changed my life. And I said, okay, what are you gonna do? She said, I'm gonna continue to discover where I fit into the higher reality. But I'm not gonna tell anybody around here about that. Why not? Baptist in the South, you don't talk about this stuff. That's why I do the show. So she, <laughs> she called me to say, you know, help me out here because I'm committed to the congregation. I've had this experience, um, kind of like pointing the finger at me. It's your fault. And I said, just live with it. Be truthful. Why not be truthful? Why well, she's not? She's totally truthful, but she just doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do. Because she got like slammed up against the wall. That everything that she knew to be so was not really what she just saw and what she just experienced. Mm -hmm. When I saw the pattern for the first time, it was an experience. It just coursed through my energy body. It went into my heart. I was, I couldn't talk. And I couldn't even describe the experience for a long, long time after it because I didn't know how to articulate how that would facilitate me in higher consciousness and that the pattern doesn't care there's no personality involved it's a mechanism that was created to help us through to higher consciousness interesting as we go up to scale of higher consciousness we learn that we are creators right and probably one day we'll be in charge of some earth-like existence and you say huh? well how's that possible i said because Consciousness is always moving, moving, and moving. And eventually, it moves out of this galaxy and into a new thing. It's kind of fun. It's kind of exciting, don't you think? Yeah, you, you learn all this stuff, and you suffer, <laughs> you weep. Yeah, it's true. And you have joys, and you right. have children. Mm -hmm. And you say, yeah, you just know that you're complete here. Which is for a little a little piece I'll throw in here about retrieving fragments of yourself. Okay. Every time that you are living, you're accumulating a, kind of like an essential shape of you in your energetic field. And it's to help guide you. It's to help move you along. But when you pass, when you die, you don't need that because you know what you need to do. So you go there. So what's left is this, what I call fragments of the soul. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely, in my experience, one of our top jobs is to recover the fragments of who we were. Because you're not going to go forward until you find out who you were. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, Kevin. Well, it's called The Pattern, you guys. My Kevin Jeffers. Tell your um, Facebook and your website again. Okay, I gotta look it up because I never remember what it is. Well, that's okay. I can look it up. But your your Facebook is if we go to the pattern, we'll find you. Yeah, Facebook page is facebook.com slash the pattern. Okay. Yeah, and your website is the pattern. Well, that's dot, simple. That's the pattern dot pub. Yeah, dot pub, you guys. You can Kevin, it's been a pleasure. And the, the website is not I mean, I'm introducing the book and I'm taking an opportunity to have someone buy it and send it out. Yeah. But as you probably know, you don't make money from this business. No. No. You probably no. lose money. God's like going to have to like keep giving me some cash. <laughs> okay, dude. And he's from heaven. <laughs> keep coming, baby. It's called belief, man. It's called having faith. Yeah. <laughs> I will okay. tell you, I will tell you that, you know, it's interesting. I've got lots of faith 
And it's just been over time. And, you know, it's been so interesting as we grow older, uh, or at least me anyway, I've learned to have more faith and faith and trust, trust. I have enormous respect for what you've done. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Kevin. You've committed your life to something that's more than who you are. Oh, yeah. This is to help humanity. That's what I'm doing. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot. God bless. All right, you guys. This is High Road to Humanity. This is Nancy Earout. If you need an angel reading, go to my website, nancyearout.com. Book your date and time. Everybody take care and have a fabulous week. God bless. <laughs>